Welcome to the show. Today I have JT Taylor alongside me as always. And I also have a very special guest in the studio. Carrie Joe Davis joins us back on the show after his long hiatus from not being on the show. But he is here with us this evening to give us his take on some of these hot news stories in sports in the past week. So I'll start with you, Carrie Joe. How's uh, how's your week been going so far? It's been going so far so good. Just working, making money, and trying to get back in the world of sports. Yeah. You've been working over at good old Haunted Mansion. I sure have. Not smiling for a living. It's pretty great. There you go. Very good. JT, how's your past few days been? Well, I've been busy just, you know, getting used to my new car and been working a lot. At Under Armour this past week, I was there for four days. This week I was there last night, so might be a little rusty tonight because I only got me like a five hours of sleep. But I went to Chick Fil A and I got a chocolate uh, milkshake, so that will definitely get me through the show for sure. There you go. Chick Fil A is good fuel. Chick Fil A oh. is always good fuel. When in doubt, you go to Chick Fil A. You go they to Chick Fil A. Save the day. Exactly. That's probably what I'm going to go get later tonight. Thanks, JT. See, look at that. We are advertising for Chick Fil A for free. And we still have no sponsors. Like, what? What? Shame on them. Shame on the sponsors. Bob Peters, though, Chick-fil-A sandwich he's offering them. Bob Peters <laughs> is offering Chick-fil-A sandwich. And we are going to be giving away that $25 gift card to to Cracker Barrel, $25 gift card to Cheesecake Factory, and the free Chick-fil-A sandwich by the end of this week. Actually, we'll be announcing it on Sunday. So just to let you know, if you have not joined the competition yet, you still have time to share our podcast on your Facebook page publicly. And send me a message on the Out of Bounds podcast uh, Facebook page. Like us, and we will put you in the competition. So we will be drawing the name on Sunday, a random draw. So good luck to those who have already entered. And Carrie Joe, you cannot enter. I'm sorry. Darn. You're you're a part of the show. Can, you know, can it's, I get it's just, someone to enter for me, and they just give me the card? Uh, yes, I. That will. that's on that's on your time. Okay. Not not on my time. Thanks, Dylan. Possibly so. That it it might be. I love yeah. Cracker Barrel. Yes, Cracker Barrel is very good, and that's that's something Uncle Bobby's throwing in. Uh, the Chick Fil A sandwich is something that Uncle Bobby's throwing in as well. And he said he will get your email address for it. However, he will not send you spam mail. It's just for the Chick Fil A sandwich. So, or if you wanted to, you know, get that date of his because his decade is almost up of. Having one date a decade, he has not had that decade date yet. So if you want to hook him up, uh, you know, hey, send him an email. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, let's move on to some sports news. Let's move on to um, college football news. In the championship game this past Monday, Alabama and Georgia went head-to-head in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is beautiful. I mean, every single time I watch a game on television, whether it be the Atlanta Falcons, whether it be the national championship game in that arena, it's phenomenal. It's such a beautiful stadium. They did a fantastic job with that stadium. I can't wait until the actual roof starts opening up the way it's supposed to. It looks like a a camera lens whenever it opens up. It's insane. Anyway, so the game was fantastic um, for Georgia anyway, for the first half. And Jalen Hurts was not playing a really good game at all. I think he was like three for eight in the first period, in the first half or something like that. And he had awful numbers. So what did Nick Saban do? He decided to pull Jalen Hurts, the quarterback that got him to that game, and put in a true freshman. And how did that turn out for him, JT? Well, it really turned out really well. They won the game. And I was stunned because uh, Tua Tuluga... I hope I said his name right. I think a lot of the commentators were struggling trying to get his name pronounced correctly. But just, just call him he, uh, we TT. Can, we can call him Tua. That's what everyone's calling him. There you him. go, Tua. But uh, Tua, he only played one game and he only had like fifty-three passing yards in his one game. So he hasn't played much. And I mean, you gotta give credit to Nick Saban to bench a quarterback who had only lost two games in his career so far. He's only lost two games. You put him in the biggest game. You were down twenty to seven, and what? And I was an Under Armour, so I didn't. Catch the until it's the end of the game, but from seeing the highlights, Alabama was down twenty-seven late in the third quarter. Dylan and Tua turns the ball over, so Georgia gets the ball right back, and then Jay Fromm throws the ball and it gets turned over again. 
to uh, Alabama. And Alabama, that, that to me, changed the game. It did. Because that gave them momentum. They got back in the game. Next thing you know, they tied the game. And then it went to overtime. And in overtime, it changed because in overtime, the one of the Alabama linebackers got a sack on their quarterback, Jake Fromm. And the kicker had to kick basically a 51-yard field goal for them to take the lead. And then Tua goes in the next play series, and he gets taken down the first play. It's like second and 26. You wouldn't think, no way, chance he's going to just chuck it deep, and that's how the game ended. Yep. And that's basically what happened, and I was stunned. I was like, wow, did this rage happen? And the... Uh, rather the receivers like running around like yeah we just won and Nick Saban he was gonna like smile and cry at the same time I, he was speechless he couldn't believe what he just did and I'm sure those Auburn fans are like really we beat Alabama and yet they still go win the national championship yeah so, I, you know I, I, wow. still don't, I, don't, I still don't agree with the seeding of the college football playoff we've talked about that several times over the past few episodes but you know I, I, I got to give it to him. It was a hell of a game for both Georgia and Alabama. For the people out there that thought that Alabama was just going to roll over on top of Georgia and just demolish them, I mean, they were they were surprised at the turnout of Georgia. Georgia actually played a very, very good game. It's just that, you know, in, in Alabama, if you keep it somewhat close, which, I mean, this is actually one of the largest deficits they had to overcome um, in their time at, you know, with Nick Saban's, um, legacy there in Alabama. So, you know, it's, uh, it's very, very surprising to us to see a true freshman go in there, but he knew what he was getting when he got to a, um, and he actually, the Alabama, um, football team actually went over, uh, was going to get Jake from, they thought about it, but they thought Tua had a, a better upside than from did. So, I mean, they're right there. They have a really good recruiting staff there, and they knew how to scout them. And you know, they, it, that's just the uh, the name of the game, I guess, in college football in Alabama too. Well, his family moved from Hawaii to Alabama to be there with him every step of the way. So that's really awesome. And you you thought Alabama, if they won or lost, they were gonna slide down with that quarterback Tua and all those freshmen they got on that young offense team for Alabama. I'm scared, Dylan. I'm really scared. Uh, but yeah. How potential Alabama is going to be? Because this is their fifth national championship. Not only that, Georgia, Dylan. Yes, they, they didn't show up second half and they benched their running backs late in the game when they could have put the game away. But Georgia, well, they got a young offense too with freshmen in there, and I think Georgia can be a beast in the SEC East for a while too. So. Alabama and Georgia, this could be a sequel next year, Dylan. It could happen again. Well, also, Alabama is losing their defensive coordinator, Jeremy Pruitt, to Tennessee. Hallelujah. So they have to have a new coordinator come in there to create a a new scheme for their defense. So, I mean, maybe their defense might not be as good next year. But, I mean, we've seen it every single time. When a new coordinator comes in, it's seamless in Alabama. Kerry Joe, your thoughts? Um, On the the game, I didn't really watch the game because I don't have cable. I'm living like a caveman but um with the backup quarterback situation i figured that was going to play in alabama's favor because georgia didn't prepare for him they prepared for hurts yeah so yeah i mean throwing a wrench in their plans right there and Tua is actually a better passer than jalen hurts is and that's that, primarily a runner yeah he's primarily a runner jalen hurts jalen hurts is just a runner legs yeah I mean, it, it was a very interesting game. I, I watched until about the third period, probably the third quarter, halfway through the third quarter. I fell asleep, actually, Dylan. during the game because I was like, okay, Georgia's going to win this game. I woke yeah. up right when the score was final, when it was 26-23, <laughs> and my girlfriend says, hey, Dylan, Alabama won. And I said, great. And I turned off the TV. <laughs> like, and I mean, went back to sleep. and I went back to sleep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's one of those things that it's just gotten so. I've gotten so used to just saying, "Oh, Alabama won the national championship game," you know, and and hopefully there is a day that you know there is somebody else who will create a dynasty. Yeah. I mean, Clemson was going to be that team, but Clemson now. I mean, we we saw that like this year they they stumbled. I mean, they they just they just could not do it this year. And so you have to think, was Clemson just a one-hit wonder when it comes to the national championship game? Because, I mean, last year they went to it and they mm-hmm. they handed it to Alabama. And this year they just they could not get anywhere over. close to it. So do you think that Clemson could get back to their winning ways and get back to the championship next year? I certainly think so, Dylan. But it's going to be tough next season because 
Florida State with Willie Taggart there. You know Florida State's going to be better than they were this past season for yeah, sure. Yeah, they should be. Okay. Um, you got Miami, the U. They're going to bounce back. I mean, they've been doing really well. They kind of slide towards the end of the season. But I would expect Miami to bounce back. And Louisville, I know they're going to lose Lamar Jackson to the NFL. But Louisville, you can never count them out. They're always going to be a force to be reckoned with. And who knows about NC State? Who knows about North Carolina? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. So, and Pittsburgh. You can't count Pittsburgh out either. So, there's always going to be schools that are going to compete. So, Clemson, they're still going to be in the race next year, but it's not going to be a cakewalk like it was this year. They're going to get some competition next season for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. So, move on. let's move on to the final uh, top 25 rankings. And one of the biggest things that sticks out to us, especially in the Central Florida area, is UCF actually ended up in sixth place. When, you know, there are some polls out there that were ranking them as high as the, as the second school on that list. Um, some even said that they were the first school on that list. There were several different rankings there. Do you think that with these final top 25 rankings, um, having UCF sixth, is that fair? I can only say it's fair, Dylan, based on the schedule and who they played. And, of course, they didn't play that one game against Georgia Tech. I mean, they, they could have got 14 0. They were able to play Georgia Tech, really. And, and they played Auburn. Yes, they, they played did play Auburn. Auburn too. That definitely helped a lot, too. That helped a lot. And I think UCF, it, it's, to me, Dylan, if UCF was in the Big 12, like they were rumored to go to a few years ago, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind they would have been the playoff. Oh, okay. But unfortunately, you know, they're in the group of five, they're the best team, but. The college football, they said on ESPN like a gazillion times this week, the college football's committee's job is to pick the four best teams. And Alabama, even though they lost one game, they were pretty much the best team throughout most of the season. So you couldn't, you couldn't be wrong for not picking them. Okay, Oklahoma, they won the Big 12. You gotta get them here. Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, Hello. you have to get them in there. Okay, Clemson, the defending national champs. Okay, they're gotta be in that race. And Georgia was the hottest team all season. So, I mean, it was a tough call. If, like you were mentioning your final thoughts last week, if they would expand to eight, there's no question UCF would have been in there. As a, they should have been, team. yeah, they should have been. But yeah. we're gonna have to wait and hope that these group of five schools keep pushing and pushing, like like Boise State's did, to get to the playoffs. Now we gotta get to eight. I know people asking, oh, if it goes eight, was it go sixteen? I don't think it's gonna go that high, but eight, eight yeah. will be good enough. Yeah, eight will be eight will be good enough. I think eight will will be the number we to need me, to hit. To me, it's like your group of five or the not group of five, but you pick the the. Top four conference winners, maybe top five of the big conferences, yeah. and then you have three at large bids. Yeah, that's how I would do it. Eight, yeah, two group of five schools in there, maybe possibly, there possibly. Yeah, ones? I think so. I mean, that, that, that's that's good. And like I said last week in the podcast, the only thing I that the college doesn't have is a Cinderella story. Like, what if Alabama got to play UCF in a championship game? Man, can you imagine how many people who to watch? Yeah, me. That would have been that would have been pretty insane. Uh, I mean, with UCF with their new head coach and everything, do you think they're going to be as successful as they were this year with Scott Frost not being there anymore? I certainly think so. I mean, there might be a. I think they will be a bowl a, team. A, for a, sure. They're going to be a bowl team for sure. They might be a little down, like you know, getting the new in a new system and everything. But yeah. I think UCF is going to pick it right back up. They're definitely not going. Oh, well, at least we hope we're not going zero and twelve like we were a couple years ago. Hopefully not. So hopefully not because but UCF that was, the sky's the limit. So they're going to just keep going and going. Although if they go over twelve again, we'll have free beer at that free one beer. bar downtown yeah. in Orlando. So I mean that would be good for us. So anyway, yeah, let's move on to some NFL news. Um, specifically, the NFL divisional round this weekend. One of the biggest games that we'll be watching that JT and I will definitely be watching is the Titans versus the Patriots Hashtag in New tighten England. Up. Hashtag tighten up. Hashtag whatever it takes. I like that video. Check those footballs. <laughs> Did you see that video that they posted on the Titans Facebook page? Yeah. It's fantastic. Yep. Anyway, yeah, well, check the footballs too because they might be deflated. What's interesting, Dylan, about this game is up in New England, everyone has been talking about the distraction from ESPN's article last week about, oh, the rip between Bill Belichick and Rod Kraft and... And uh, Tom Brady, and uh, why you trade Jimmy Garoppolo? He was your future quarterback, and you could have got rid of Tom Brady, but they already didn't want to do that. So, and Tom Brady is like forty now, yeah. <laughs> so he's going out against a very young Marcus Mariota team, and I mean the Titans. We were underdogs against the Chiefs last week, and we came back and won that game. So this is a perfect situation for the Titans. It's not going to snow. It's supposed to rain probably tomorrow in Foxborough, but. The it's Titans are. It will definitely yeah, be cold. It'll be, it'll be cold. It'll it be gets a cold, cold rain. Tennessee, yeah. the, the Titans will be okay. It'll be a cold it's rain. It's not like the 
the Jaguars who have to go to Pittsburgh and play in the Colts. So. That that's gonna be an awful <laughs> game for them. Definitely so. So I buy the Titans, Dylan. I think they got a chance for the upset. I really think they do. You know, the only analyst on NFL or ESPN or any other analyst I've heard, there's only one analyst who gives Titans the win this weekend. And guess who it is? Randy Moss. Maurice Jones Drew from the uh, Jacksonville oh, Jaguars, oh. former running back. Okay. He says the Titans. He, okay. he says well. that the Tennessee Titans have the best shot simply because of Derrick Henry. That's their shot right there. If Derrick Henry is the bell cow, if he has 30 carries in this game, I think that, seriously, the Titans really, really have a good shot in this game. I think they do. Is DeMarco Murray going to be back for this He game? will not be. Okay. He's out for this game, which, uh, that, that's, it, it's a tough way for DeMarco Murray to go out, but at the, at a, the same time, it's kind of like a changing of the guard. When oh, it comes absolutely. to running back, if Derrick Henry does win this game for the Tennessee Titans this coming uh, this on uh, tomorrow Saturday, if they do win this game against the Patriots, Derrick Henry will be the starter in Tennessee next year. Oh, without a doubt, Demarco Murray will be the the just you know every once in a while back. But I think D- Derrick Henry will carry the load for the rest of the, uh, the for the rest of his career. As long as he's in Tennessee, he will be the starting quarter, the starting running back because he's an incredible running back. His size, his speed—you uh, just don't see it anywhere else. He he is a monster on the field. He's a linebacker playing running. Back. He is, he is, and he has, you know, four four speed, four five speed. Probably. I mean, he, he's he's got some really really good speed. He's got some legs on him, so. You know, um, I think Derrick Henry can be the the missing link uh, when it comes to um, winning against the Patriots. But another key stat: the Titans have not beaten the New England Patriots at home since 1993, and that was when they were the Houston Oilers. That's the last time they won against them at home in New England. So it's a tough, it's a it's an uphill battle for us. The biggest thing is though, we need to keep Tom Brady on the sideline. Because if he's in the game and he is throwing that ball around, it's it's game over. Oh, absolutely. Especially if we give Tom Brady a short field. If it's like 40 yards, he has to go, or 60 yards, he has to go. It's an automatic field goal, at least. But, you know, with the Titans, they have to play lights out on defense. They have to play lights out on special teams. They're kick return team, their uh, punter, their kicker. Everyone has to be, like, perfection essentially because if they are not perfect in this game Brady will find a flaw and Brady will exploit it on the field amen so anyway uh, that's my take on the game hopefully the Titans do win I, I I have full faith that the Titans can win hopefully Mike Malarkey has something up his sleeve because if we do the same play calling we've done all season I don't think we can play to I don't think we can beat Tom Brady but if we are aggressive in this game. I think if we're aggressive in the first half, especially if we don't have a slow start like we did last week against the Chiefs, then we have a very, very good shot at winning that game against the Patriots. So let's move on to some other games that we're going to be looking at. So let's go to our friends in the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. So JT, do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have revenge against Jacksonville in this game? I certainly think so. Last time they played was in week five, and Ben Roethlisberger just had a bad game. Five interceptions, and they just did not show up as Jacksonville literally blew the doors off in Pittsburgh during week five of the season last season, or this uh, last year. But now that we're in the playoffs, I really think Pittsburgh, they've been hot. I know they've had some injuries, but they should get to Jacksonville pretty easily. Blake Bortles, I mean... It took him late in the third quarter to show up against Buffalo, Dylan. So it took him a while to get going, and it's not like they crushed Buffalo. So I really don't have hope for Jacksonville. They're going to go to in Pittsburgh and do an upset, and it's going to be cold in Pittsburgh. Jacksonville had to deal with the warm weather last week, so it's going to be a tough adjustment for those guys for sure. Do you think the defense um, will be prepared enough for this game? I mean, they're not going to pick him off five times like they did um, earlier in the season, but do you think the defense is going to cause a stir with that offense in Pittsburgh? It will in the beginning of the game, but I think as Pittsburgh keeps pounding the ball, pounding the ball, pounding the ball, it's going to wear them out, especially with the weather elements outside. Yeah. And, you know, it's the defense can only hang in so long. And Brick Bortles, like I said, he's struggling to get Jackson with the win over Buffalo. If they can't 
keep his defense in the game with the offense scoring points, defense got their work cut out for him towards the end of the game. Yeah. Kerry Joe, what are your thoughts? I would like to, because I know Jacksonville's defense is stout. I would like, this has popped in my head. I would like to see Jacksonville's defense have a phenomenal performance through the playoffs. I want them to beat the Steelers so Blake Bortles can be the next Trent Dilfer. All right. So that they'll fire him if they win the Super Bowl and Maybe. he'll become an analyst on ESPN. <laughs> but, <Right>. but Bortles <laughs> is also like Rex Grossman back in, the, back in 2007 when they played the Colts. If he doesn't have a great game. They're going to lose a game, and that's what happened. Yeah. And Bortles is the same way. Yeah. I mean, so. and if you look at the numbers on Super Bowl winning defenses, Jacksonville is actually high up there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're even compared to the, I believe, the 85 Bears, I think it was. They're it's even, it's right a there. very high comparison, and it seems as though they are in that statistical yeah. category right now. So, yeah. you know, Jacksonville can do some things on defense, and especially with some of those guys that are over there. Um, Miles Jack and guys like that. It's Calais it's go, yeah, Clayus Campbell. I mean, they have a really stout defense, and if they Jaylen do Mays. show up on uh, um, during this game, then they do have a really good shot of winning against Pittsburgh too. But last time they played, it was the game after Antonio Brown had his little hissy fit on the sideline um, for not getting enough passes and everything like that. So Ben Roethlisberger was forcing the ball to Antonio Brown a lot in that game. I think he was targeted like something like twenty times or something in that game. Um, and so there were a few forced throws in that game to get Antonio Brown going. That's why there were five interceptions. Also, Le'Veon Bell did not have um, as many carries as he usually does in that game. So there were a few factors that were missing in that game. That's I think that's the main reason why Jacksonville won so handedly in that game. But we'll see what happens to Pittsburgh. It, it's the playoffs. Jacksonville doesn't have much playoff experience. So, I mean, it's almost been a decade since they it actually, yeah, it's been a decade since they went to the playoffs. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But, you know, um, don't count Jacksonville out because Jacksonville's defense will keep them in the oh, game yeah. and it will be a very, very good game to watch. Um, JT, what are some other games you're looking at? What, what, the other two games, let's talk about those. Yeah, you have the Saints and the Vikings, and then you have the Falcons and the Eagles. A lot of people think that the Falcons can upset the Eagles because. Carson no, Wentz is not playing. The Battle of the Birds. Yeah, but we don't have Michael Vick against Don McNabb like it was True. a decade ago. True. But that was a good game. Yeah, but um, I really, I, I do think the Eagles will will find a way to, to, to pull out that game only because, you know, it's at home. The Eagles, even without Carson Wentz, they play pretty well down the stretch, even though they benched their players against the Cowboys their last game. But they didn't need to win that game. So I think the Eagles were well-rested offense and everything. They're going to get a little rusty in the beginning of the game, but I think they're going to pick it up towards the second half and pull by the Eagles. I really, or the Eagles, the Falcons, excuse me. The other game, I think the Saints are going to go into Minnesota, upset the Vikings. I mean, they're both dome teams, so it's going to be a, a shootout, game. you know. It's going to be a really no good game. No defense yeah, in that really game. game. And I think Drew Brees will come on top, and it's going to be the Eagles and the Saints in the next round. Do you think that Minnesota's defense is better than the Saints defense, which statistically it is. Um, I think so. Think My concern will... is, you know, with the Vikings, is Case Keenum. I know he's come out of nowhere this season. He's done very well, been set, pretty steady at the core position and carried the Vikings this far. But he's never been in the playoffs. So we just don't know what to expect. And the Vikings, the last they made the playoffs, Dylan, I think was was a couple years ago. They played the Seahawks, mm-hmm. and it was at the TCF Bank Stadium. Two years ago. And out, yep. the, out snow and cold and everything, and... The kicker missed a field goal for like five yards. Laces out. Yeah, and they lost the game. So the Vikings, it just hasn't worked out the playoffs the last time around. I don't think it's going to improve this better this time around, even though it's indoors. Yeah. Um, With with Nick Foles, do you have any questions about him? Because with me, I have questions about him simply because of his playoff experience or lack thereof. He has... Zero playoff experience, if he, he if not one, one game. game. Yeah, yeah, one game he lost. Saints 2013. And they lost. So uh, do you think that that is a cause for concern with Philadelphia? Only Not for me because, like I said, the style that the team runs with their offense, you know, it's a mixture of, you know, pass and run and everything. And the, Vi- the Vikings, the, the Falcons are going to be a tough team defensively. Um, I don't think a lot of people thought the Falcons were going to hang in there against the Rams, but they did, and they pulled through. So I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Eagles are going to win up at home 
and advance the next round. And the, the Eagles, the Falcons defense is going to be tough, but once they play the Saints, it's going to be a different ball game. The Falcons, in my mind, though, have a very, very, very large chip on their shoulder. Oh, they and well, of course they, they, did. Want, they blew that game in the Super Bowl. Of course they they want revenge for last year, and they haven't played so well this season either. But I think Julio Jones is in a groove right now. I think Matt Ryan's in a groove right now. Matt Bryant especially is in a groove right now. He always is. Matty Ice. So, you know, I, I think that the Falcons have a really good shot at winning this game. So I'm going to go with the Falcons in this game. Actually, I'm going to contradict you and go with the Falcons. Um, but with the other game, I mean, I, I fully agree with you. I think the Saints are a better team. Um as a whole, I think their offense is it's going to be an offensive showdown. It's going to be oh, Case sure. Keenum versus Drew Brees. And if you were going into a playoff game in the same situation, who would you want? Oh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. No so uh, especially um, in this circumstance, especially with it being a dome game too, because he's used to playing in a dome, I'd really, really think, although it'd be cool to see Minnesota play in their own home building for the Super Bowl, I think that it's going to be uh, the Saints rolling. The Saints are going to go marching in. So saw what you did there. Thank you. Gary Joe, what are your thoughts? With um the Atlanta Eagles game, I'm agree with you in that Atlanta wants redemption. And also what I've what I what have I've noticed over the years, all the teams that like finished the season on a good note or finished the regular season hot, they're the teams that usually go to or win the Super Bowl. And if the Falcons are coming in on a high note, they could they could be not unstoppable, but they could go to the Super Bowl again. I'm not going to say when, but with Wentz being out, and I think they could beat they can definitely beat New Orleans. They can be, definitely beat Minnesota. And and they knocking out knocking Bowl. out arguably the best NFC NFC team that was in the playoffs last week in the Rams. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they were they were the best, if not one of the best teams that was left in the mm-hmm. NFC. So I think that speaks volumes with the Falcons going in there and, and handi- handling their business Absolutely. against the Rams. Well, you do know the Patriots and the Saints are like the popular pick for the Super Bowl this year. Oh, Patriots are Even though I pick. hope my Titans have something to say about that. But. Well, hopefully so. <laughs> hopefully so. I mean, we, hopefully we do have a very, very... Um, but if that is the case, that could be a good game too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be... These all could be good games this week. Yeah, and I think I think even the Super Bowl, seeing the teams that are left out there in the playoffs, I think that we can have a very very good Super Bowl this year. Um, one that's better than most last of the ones we've seen the past few years. Well, last year went to overtime. That's the first time ever in Super Bowl history with overtime. So that was cool. If we can top that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some league news, some coaching moves, and the biggest coaching move coming out this week is John Gruden has decided to hang up his uh, announcing coat and decided to go back to the field with his whistle and be a coach for the Oakland Raiders. Good old Chucky. So do you think there's going to be success in Oakland with John Gruden being there? Or do you think it's all hot air? I think it'll be, I don't know if about immediate first year success, but Oakland's excited to have him back. He's also going to be excited because he hasn't coached in what almost a decade. Yeah, probably a decade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a decade. So it's been a decade. He's been scratching that. He finally he's finally going to be able to scratch that itch. Everyone will be motivated. I wasn't a big. I I like Jack Del Rio. They just had a bad season, but I see why they fired him because they knew they could land Gruden. So yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I think the Raiders. You know, like Kerry uh, said, the first season might be a struggle for me. A couple years. But Derek Carr, they got a franchise quarterback, so he's going to be able to carry the, the team going forward. And once the the Raiders, once they go to Vegas, oh, man, those Vegas people are going to be yeah. so excited to have him there. And you know the, the Vegas team is going to be popular. Remember when they played the Chargers a few weeks ago? Like that whole stadium at StubHub Center, I know it's a soccer stadium, but mm-hmm. almost all the fans, they were all Raiders fans. And I said, the Chargers, that's the only time they're going to get a sellout because the Raiders still have a huge following in Southern California. Oh, so so um, with John Gruden going in there in Oakland, do you think they keep Marshawn Lynch? Possibly, but I don't think he's going to last past this upcoming season. I, I don't think so either. He's going to probably be going and retiring again. Gruden will have and him like, on a short leash. He's definitely sure. going to be a short leash if he's going to get fines and you know, yeah, like week. running on the field without your helmet on and doing <laughs> shoving, just, a ref. shoving a referee. You just can't do that. And do you think that he was doing those things because he was 
aggravated at the coaching style of Jack Del Rio? Do you think it had anything to do with Jack Del Rio? Or do you think it was just that he's just Marshawn Lynch? He'll do whatever Marshawn he wants. Lynch, Marshawn Lynch, Okay. It's like when uh, Chad Ochocinco was in the league and he was having signs like, Dear NFL, please don't find me again. Or Terrell Wins, you know, stuff like that. That's yeah. just how they are. Makes for good TV. Oh, yeah. Or Randy Moss when he mooned those Packer fans. <laughs> Fake moon. Any other coaching moves we want to talk about? There are some names thrown about. Uh, Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia are definitely two names that are being thrown around. I know Patricia's linked to the Giants. Patricia is linked to the Giants right now. He the is Colts. the hot name. The Colts are looking Colts for a coach as well. So um, we'll see what happens with those coaching moves. We will the definitely Bears, keep you. they took uh, Mark Elford, the former head coach of the Oregon Ducks. So he's going to be the offensive coordinator there. So Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gonna get him. Matt Nagy Del- is that what his last name is? Yeah, he Nagy, went to. Nagy. Uh, yeah, he went to. Was he the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs? Yeah, he went to. Uh, yes, the Chiefs. Darn, where did he go? I can't remember where he went now. He went to. He went to, uh, Chicago. He went to Chicago. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, John Chicago. Fox. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, went to Chicago. So, um, anyway, some good coaching moves. We will definitely keep you updated on more coaching news that will happen. Will be as well. I'm sure there'll be more moves um, by the end of the season. And let's go to. The Titans, Cincy Titans, are going to London next year for the first time, and it will not be a home game for them, which is, praise the Lord, I, I would rather it would be an away team, away game instead of a home game for the Titans. So there will still be eight home games for the Tennessee Titans in Nashville next year, which is fantastic. Um, they will be playing the Los Angeles Chargers, however, so uh, you want to have an early prediction as to who might win that game? Well, for well, this season, the best money would be to put it on the Titans. Since it's their first time room. going, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They'll be excited. Phillip Rivers, is, if he's still there, it's just like he's probably on the twilight of his career. Of well, course, he wants to go out on top. Nashville's kind of a little, not like uh, fight-wise, a little closer to England than Los Angeles is. So. A little bit. <laughs> so I'm sure the Chargers are probably jet-lagged yeah. by the time they get there. But the, t- the Tennessee but we Titans... we don't know what day yet. We know it's going to be either the 21st of October or the 28th. That's all we know. The Titans don't know how they will react to being jet-lagged. Because oh, they haven't sure. flown that far before mm-hmm. for a game. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens with the Tennessee yeah. Titans Yeah. It's not London. just the, the Titans that are going to make their debut deal. It's also going to be the Seattle Seahawks and I think the Philadelphia Eagles as well. I think all those three teams are making their debuts going to, across the pond for the first time. Yes or no? Will we have a team in London within the next five years? Yes, they're going to be called the London Jaguars. They're go, they're going. You think Jacksonville five. moves? You think <laughs> Jacksonville? If they actually do have a team, come go on, Dilly. You know they're going to use London like a chip, like all these other cities. You don't build me a stadium, I'm moving to London. That's that's yeah. Just like they did with L.A. It took them 20 years, but hey, they got two teams. But do you think the Jacksonville will jump on the bandwagon of the Jaguars now simply because they've had so much to success? To me, they're the most likely only because their owner he's he's. He's uh he has he owns a soccer team in the in the, in England, Fulham FC. So to, to me, they're the most likely. I know Jacksonville will do what they can to keep a team, but money talks, and if London's going to pay a lot more money, then I feel like going to turn that down. True. Yep. And piggybacking on what you said about the owner owning a soccer team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could move to Manchester because the Glazers own Manchester United as well. There you go. Fun fact. There you go. So. It'll be some things to look out for in the next few years. Possibly a London team going over there for the NFL. So, let's move on to some basketball news. Some college basketball news. JT, hit us up with some of that. Yeah, Dylan, we had a big game this week as NC State knocked down number 19 Clemson. Uh, coming back to win that game 78-77. Um, NC State did them pretty well this season in the ACC. They're in the middle of the pack in the ACC conference. They also beat Duke earlier this week. Number seven ranked Duke ninety six to eighty five. So that was my big upset in college basketball this week. Um, in the NBA, the Cavaliers they're on a little bit of a slump right now. They haven't been doing so well. They had a game last night up in Toronto against the Raptors, and they lost that game, Dylan, as they got blown out one thirty three to ninety nine up in Toronto. So the Air Canada Center was not looking good. And LeBron James, Dylan, he had a season-low 10 points. Let me give you a little stat here that's on ESPN today. There has never been an NBA team that has lost games consecutively by 25-plus points to ever reach an NBA final. Wow, that's interesting. So the Cavs have some work cut out for them for the rest of the season. They definitely do. But speaking of one of their rivals, the Boston Celtics... 
who were also in London yesterday. They had a game against the Philadelphia 76ers, and they came back from a 22-point deficit to beat the 76ers yesterday in London. So I kind of find it interesting that the NBA was having their old showboat in London, and while they were there, the NFL was like, you know what, let's just release our schedule for London next year. Just kind of stick it to the NBA a little bit, you know. That, not, let's let them have them all the fun. So Protect the shield. That's I what, found that yeah. pretty interesting. But <laughs> anyway, the Celtics came back and won that game 114-103 to 103 against the Sixers. All right, Dylan, anything else before we head on to some hockey news? I think that's it for me. Yeah. Kerry uh, Joe, you have anything to say about that? I honestly have not kept up with basketball. so Very good. Hockey I'm, news, I'm, I'm it is. I'm learning a lot right now. About <laughs> let's go to hockey news. Yep, hockey news as both Team Canada and Team USA announced their Olympic rosters for the Olympics next month. So, some most notable names. So, like for Canada, you have uh, the most notable name you have on there is Renee Bork. You also have uh, Maxime LaPierre. He's playing for the Canucks. Uh, he's over there playing in Switzerland right now. Mason Raymond, another former Canuck player. Derek Waugh. Wojciech Wolski, former Capitals player. And Justin Peters, who's playing in Germany with a Kulner High, uh, as a, he used to be the backup goalkeeper, a goalkeeper goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes. So some notable players for Canada, uh, for Team USA, we got some college kids on our team. Uh, Brian Gianta, uh, he's going to be our team captain. He was the former Buffalo Sabres player. Uh, he's not playing anywhere this season, so he's, he was a free agent this year. But he's going to be the captain of the team. We got Chris Bork, who's the son of Ray Bork. Former Boston Bruins legend won the car, uh, Avalanche with the when he ever won the Stanley Cup, excuse me, with the uh, Avalanche before he retired. And then we got James Wisniewski. James Wisniewski, he's going to be playing for Team USA as well. So those are some notables for the Olympics. Now we got Dylan uh, NHL All Stars. They oh, yeah. announced as well. Yes, they did. And I have PK Subban, Pekarene, and Coach Laviolette are all three going to the All Star Game, the twenty seventh to twenty eighth. Yes. Yes, look at that. So, very excited about that. Um, Alex Ovechkin, your boy, captain. Yep, he will be there as he well. He will be there as well. Um, some other notable names. Patrick Kane's going to be there. Um, just just yeah, pretty much big names. Steve Samkos, you know, they're, they're, all the All-Stars are going to be there for the NHL weekend. We will definitely be doing some sort of broadcast there. Um, JT and I are going to be coordinating something uh, to do about that weekend. So stay tuned and look at our Facebook page and our Twitter to find out more information about that. So I'm very excited about the All-Star Game. And uh, a big piece of news coming out of the NHL today, actually. Um, the Coyotes defenseman Anthony DeClaire got traded to the Blackhawks. And he is actually in the lineup with the Blackhawks this evening. Um, so that's going to be a huge game. That's, they're actually playing the Winnipeg Jets, I believe, this yes. uh, tonight. Yep. So that's going to be a huge game for DeClaire to see if they actually have some cohesion there with the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you see... Duclair fitting in with that group, and you see them actually doing better than they have so far. I think the Blackhawks with the defense upgrade will improve because Anthony Duclair, he was not happy in Arizona, and I mean, you can't blame him. The team has been doing well. They're in dead last in the uh, Pacific uh, Division, so the uh, Coyotes had to get some assets from Chicago to make this thing work, so uh, the Coyotes just going to get younger, rebuild, and he's going to go to a team to try to help them snap out of their streak because they've been dead last in the Central Division and they're going to try to bounce back so we'll see how that goes uh, Dylan on to some uh, updates for our favorite team so my Washington Capitals we'll start with them first the Capitals Dylan we have been doing pretty well but the Capitals we had our game last night against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the Capitals lost that game 3-1 to one. the Hurricanes we beat them last week but they came to return the favor and knocked us out 3-1, to one, snapping our 10-game home winning streak. So the Capitals lost them 3-1 to one last night. We did beat the Canucks the other night, 3-1 to one, on Tuesday night. And we did do you a favor, didn't we? beat the Blues this past Sunday. Thank you. 4-3 in overtime. Thank you. The Capitals will return and play the Carolina Hurricanes later tonight in Raleigh, North Carolina. So that will be going on as well. But the Capitals, we're doing okay. We're still on top of the Metropolitan Division. Dylan, how are your Preds doing? The Preds are doing okay. Uh, we actually just beat Edmonton Oilers on Tuesday uh, by a score of 2-1. to one. We're actually in our mandatory bye week thing um, this year. So we're 
in the third day of that. So we'll be playing our next game on Tuesday against the Golden Knights once again at home this time. We did play them on the 2nd of January, however, and the Vegas Golden Knights beat us 3-0 to and also Arizona beat us 3-2 to on the 4th, which is Thursday. But then we beat the Kings on Saturday by a score of 4-3. to So they're okay. They're 2-2 two and two right now in January. I would not worry about the Predators right now. They're halfway through the season. They're still one of the top teams in the league. And really, they're they're going to be making the postseason unless there's this dramatic um, turn of events that makes it to where they just fall from grace, which I don't see that happening. So um, just, yeah, keep your eyes on the Predators because they will be coming back. And Philip Forsberg should be coming back soon, too, from injury. I believe he's um, almost halfway there to coming back. So we'll see what happens with Philip Forsberg. But, yeah, I, I'm... Pretty content with where we are right now, and we'll see what happens in the next next few weeks. All right, Kerry Joe, anything you want to add before we head to our football recap of the week? I get into NHL a little bit more than basketball, so but I'm still not knowledgeable. I <laughs> if I had to choose a team, it'd probably be the Preds. There you go. Although a bucket list goal in my life is to go see a hockey game in Canada, preferably Maple Leafs. There you oh, go. Okay. Nice. Original so. six, so you can't go oh, wrong there. Of I would love to go see the Canadians. Like the actual oh, yeah. Montreal Canadians would be Bell a Center, fan- yeah. fantastic game to go see. Maple Leafs are Canadians. That's on my bu- bucket list too. Yeah, yeah, two. yeah. Those are on my bucket list as well. I, I I have a bucket list for the NHL, which is like that. Um, you know, Canadians you go, to go to the Tampa arena? Bay. Uh, go to uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. I would love to go to every arena because I've I've gotten three off the list so far. So. We'll see what there happens. But with NFL, I'm kind of the same way, too. I want to go to Soldier Field. I want to go to Lambeau Field. You're not missing much at Soldier Field. But still, it's, it's so... It looks like a it's, spaceship. Yeah, it's still it's historic, so though, yeah. historic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. There's so much history in that stadium. So much history in Lambeau Field, too. Oh, Lambeau so, Field is... Fun fact, Kerry Joe Davis is 1-0 at Lambeau Field. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Fantastic. All right, well, let's move on to our segments for the week. And it's JT's favorite time of the week. It's the football recap of the week. The microphone's all yours. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And we're going to start with some weekend action. We had the FA Cup in England this weekend. And the past uh, major upset that happened, or we was like, okay, cup set, was Arsenal, the defending FA Cup champions. They got knocked out in the third round by Nottingham Forest, 4-2. to two. Uh, American Eric Lehigh, he scored two goals in that game. He was trying to push for a third goal because they had two penalty kicks in that game, but he, the team didn't let him take it for some reason. And he was motivated because his wife had said, hey, you get a hat trick, I'm going to get you a, a dog. So he only got two goals, but the wife, his wife still got him a dog anyway, so I guess it worked out one way or the other. Uh, the other big game that happened was Real Madrid getting a 2-2 draw against Celta Vigo, 2-2. And then the other game was down in Liga Amequis as Toluca and Chivas de Guadalajara got a 1-1 draw. All right, Dylan, on to some Orlando Pride news as they have made an extension offer for midfielder Danny Weatherhold. Uh, she got a recent contract extension to come back to the Pride this season, and their coach, Tom Sermani, said, we're delighted to have uh, Danny back with us. She had a terrific 2017 season and has taken great steps in her development over the past few years with us, and we're looking forward to her continuing to grow and contributing to the Orlando Pride for the 2018 season. Uh, other news that happened that's Orlando City related. The Orlando City B squad was not on the schedule for the USL. They announced their home openers and their conference realignment. Orlando City B was not on the list, so it doesn't look like Orlando City B is going to be playing soccer this upcoming season for the USL. So it looks like they're going to take a hiatus for this upcoming season. All right, Dylan, on to some soccer news. So the big soccer news that happened this week is... The USL has announced that they're going to go expansion to Memphis next season. So that's pretty exciting, Dylan, because Nashville, they got recently promoted to MLS. They'll probably in a couple years. So Memphis will be a natural replacement for Nashville whenever they get to go. So that's pretty good for them. They're going to be playing in the same baseball stadium where the Memphis Redbirds play. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, Indy 11, they announced they're going to switch over from the NASL to the USL. Uh, for Indy 11, they're going to have more rivalries with FC Cincinnati and Nashville SC and Louisville City FC. So that's going to be pretty awesome for them. Uh, for the NASL, they're losing teams like Fly. So this is not looking good as they're still waiting for their lawsuit update to get a decision on that. Uh, the NASL, though, did announce that if they are allowed to play this season, they're going to be switching to a European calendar. So instead of MLS, where they usually play from March to 
November, December. NHL is going to switch to start from August 2018 and play until June 2019. Interesting. So that will be pretty interesting as well. We'll see how that goes. And, of course, the MLS Combine is going on this weekend here in Orlando. And you still got the Florida Cup going as well. So be pleased to check that out, guys. All right, some games to watch this week. Of course, we got the Florida Cup that's going on here in Central Florida. So if you guys are here, go check it out. We got some big games. PSV Eindhoven against Fluminense. That's going to be tonight. And then tomorrow, you got Rangers against Corinthians. And you got Leah Warsaw against Barcelona Soccer Club. And on Sunday, it's Atletico Nacional against Atletico Mineiro. And then, of course, the big game, what you want to watch on TV, you got Premier League action as Liverpool takes on Manchester City on Sunday at 11 a.m. on NBCSN. And now we'll conclude my football recap of the week. Let's move on to some miscellaneous news. Let's talk about the NHL. The Vegas Golden Knights are still having some backlash with their name and their logo colors. Um, the U.S. Army has actually come out and started a lawsuit against the Golden Knights talking about how the colors and the name um, are too close to the parachute team for the U.S. Army. And that um, there's a statement from the Army saying the U.S. Army has been working with the team in the NHL for over a year to resolve any potential trademark issues. The legal action taken on Wednesday is part of the normal legal process. It was necessary to protect the U.S. Army's rights as we continue to resolve any potential tra- trademark disputes. So pretty much what they're doing is they're just making it to where there is no discrepancy between... Um, the Golden Knights and the U.S. Army, that they are two separate entities, and they don't want uh, people to think the U.S. Army is somehow um, promoting the Vegas Golden Knights or something along those lines. So uh, it, it's interesting to see that this has happened. I mean, they've been getting backlash for their name and their logo for the past year now. So Yeah, one thing I wanted to add on that story, Dylan, is that there's a college in New York, Albany, New York, uh, the College of St. Rose, I believe. Yep. They also have the name the Golden Knights. And... There's been talk that they might file a lawsuit, a challenge against the Vegas Golden Knights, who's that name. And it's kind of interesting, Dylan, because I read on ESPN about that article that there's only two schools that have that name trademarked, like protected. Of course, the College of St. Rose in New York. The other one, University of Central Florida, because they were the Golden Knights before they dropped it and just became the Knights. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. But I think the Vegas Golden Knights have been preparing for this, Dylan. I mean, the logo, yeah, you could say the colors look very similar, but... I think their owner uh, has said that if it becomes an issue, they might just change the name. There's still going to be Knights, but they might be like Desert Knights or Sand Knights or Silver Knights. Which would probably like be that. better the anyway. Knights. The Gambling Knights. The Desert Knights are, is actually a really cool oh, I game. I think the Desert Knights would be really cool. Um, and also, to go piggyback on the College of St. Rose, um, they've been using the name Golden Knights since 2002. And in 2004, they were granted the federal trademark. So um, they've been using it for quite some time as well. So we'll just see what happens with the NHL. We'll see if there is any resolution to this, but I don't think it's going to be re- resolved anytime soon. Um, definitely, so definitely. keep your eyes on that one. All right, Dylan. Uh, another NHL news happened is that the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, they've been officially sold to Tom Dundon. Uh, he becomes the majority owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. And their previous owner, uh, Peter Carmenos, he's going to be a minority owner of the team. So he still has some stake in the team. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes aren't moving. Gary Bettman has said that. So Carolina doesn't look like they're going anywhere. So sorry, Hartford Whalers fans. We tried, man. We, <laughs> the we team tried. was actually sold for $420 million. Oh, so they actually got oh, less wow. than the $500 million that they were originally asking. Yes, they said $550 <laughs> at first. Wow. But they did not get that. They got 420 which is still 13.5% more than the Forbes evaluation they had of the team last month. So they still got some money out of the deal. Um, but $420 million. Absolutely phenomenal. Now, the good news, Dylan, is their owner, uh, Tom Dundon, he, Tom Domdone, he said uh, that he is uh, impatient. So he values winning more than money. So maybe he might be willing to spend some money to get some players and make Carolina a competitive team since he wants to win right away. Because Carolina's been at the bottom of the attendance of the NHL like the Islanders, but the Islanders understand because of their arena situation in Brooklyn. And, of course, the Coyotes, we know about that situation all too well. So... Good luck to the Hurricanes. We'll see how it works out for them. Uh, MLS, they announced that they're going to launch an eSports league in preparation for the 2018 World Cup. So, great, guys. We didn't make the World Cup, but now we're going to do an eSports league. Great. That's just awesome. So Yeah, that, that that's, helps. That's been the trend. Mm-hmm. You know, the NBA's doing it. MLS is doing it now. Let's see, Dylan. Maybe the NFL might get into it. Maybe baseball. So, who knows? It's getting eSports. They're gonna, the MLS has said they're going to have gamers represent their clubs like at these sporting events and they're going to play games 
And we already know FIFA, like, people get paid a bunch of money to play FIFA online. And we see it with Madden as well. So why not? It's a trend that's going these days. I mean, Overwatch. I have that game. I play it sometimes. It's yeah. another one. It's the addictive. Overwatch, the Overwatch League. So it's addicting. One, video games, man. Who would have thought? Another piece of news before we move on to our um, winners and losers and final thoughts. Antonio Brown was actually sent home with an illness today, but they are still expecting him to play with for Pittsburgh. So um, do you think that will have any effect on his play this coming up weekend? Or will it be like a Michael Jordan kind of thing? I think maybe it depends on the severity, but regardless, it's the playoffs. It's Antonio Brown. He's going to play. Yeah, he's going to play. And he'll do good no matter how he's much play. because he's Antonio Brown. All right, let's move on to our winners and losers. JT, I will start with you first, sir. All right, Dylan. So my winner is going to be uh, the newly announced FC Columbus Football Club, Columbus Soccer Club. That's going to be a semi-professional soccer club in the NPSL. That's the uh, fourth division in the United States. Uh, they're going to start in the season in May and run until August. So for the Columbus crew... If on the unfortunate happens, hashtag save the crew and the owner decides to pack up your team and move to Austin, well, at least you'll still have a team to get behind. FC Columbus and grassroots support, support that team. So I'm glad one way or another, Columbus will have soccer. So that's great to hear. Uh, my loser this week, Dylan, is going to be Georgia Sports. Uh, these guys can't catch a break um, with this history. Just keep getting bad luck with the Georgia teams in these national championship games. We saw it last year, of course, with the Atlanta Falcons blowing a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. Uh, we also saw last year the Atlanta Hawks. They made the playoffs, but they lost uh, by the Wizards really bad at home in Game 6. And then, of course, the Atlanta United broke records, attendance records in MLS, uh, made the playoffs. And then, of course, they got beat by the Columbus Crew on penalty kicks in the playoffs and knocked them out. And then, of course, this past Monday, the Georgia Dogs had a 20-7 lead, uh, 13-0 lead in halftime, and blew it to the Alabama Crimson Tide to have them win the national title. So, Georgia sports, wow. Maybe next year, man. Maybe next year. But you got some Chick-fil-A and Coke to sour down, you know, so. <laughs> and go eat at Waffle House as well. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Waffle House, awesome. yeah. Uh. And That's the best 2 a.m. food. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you what. Oh, like 2 a.m. is fantastic. I saw somewhere on Twitter the, the Varsity, that place we went to. They had I love the Varsity. Too. Uh, some bur- oh, bacon gosh. burger. It was on Twitter I saw somewhere. Why but... are we talking about food right now? I'm getting so freaking <laughs> hungry. I'm already Just talking hungry. about food. Oh, my worse. gosh. Anyway, Dylan, who is your winner's or loser? Uh, loser this week is going to be Alex Smith because there is a story out there saying the Cleveland Browns are interested in trading for him. So that's the end of Alex Smith's career. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there you go, Alex Smith. You'll be the brand new quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Um, that would be an awful thing for Andy Reid to do, though, um, to trade him over there. But anyway, uh, we'll see if it actually happens. And my winner this week is going to be the Oakland Raiders for actually getting their coach. But on the flip side, they're a loser, too, because there is a Rooney Rule dispute over if they actually did um, fulfill the Rooney Rule while hiring John Gruden. But at the same time, John Gruden's the guy they wanted to hire anyway, so I don't so I don't see why there are people out there that are upset that this happened because we knew that John Gruden was going to go to Oakland if he if he was going to go back to coaching he was going to Oakland so I don't understand why they're so upset but hey um, there might be some fines slapped on Oakland um, or even worse maybe even some draft picks taken so we'll see possibly we'll see what happens. Uh, Carrie, Joe, do you have any winners and losers? I do have some winners and losers. There you I go. I am a big wrestling fan, so both my winners and losers will delve into the world of WWE. For my winners, right. I'm going to classify the company and Ronda Rousey because talks are heating up. Triple H, one of the, he is superstars, also a big time. He's one of the executives. One of the executives. Yes, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. He was spotted with Ronda Rousey at dinner. And apparently what he said, talks are looking really good. So we could see her in the first ever Women's Royal Rumble at the end of the month. Or potentially, hopefully, what I'm hoping, because I'm going to be there, WrestleMania in April. And the loser is also Paige. She was a, she is a current WWE Women's Wrestler. Big time superstar. Won the Divas Championship her first night in the company. 25 years young. Her career is reportedly over due to a severe shoulder injury that was worse than they thought. She had just come back after being gone for 17 months. 17 months due to a neck injury. Jeez. Just came back, put at the top of the women's division, leading a stable, looking dominant, and then this happens, and her career is probably over. And wrestling is her life. Grew up in a wrestling family, and who knows what's going to happen next. So, unfortunately, she is a loser for, in my opinion, for the WWE. Gotcha. 
So we are short on time, so I'm going to do a group final thought. The final thought for us is enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the NFL Divisional Round. Uh, let us know what you think about them on our Twitter page, OOB Podcast, our Facebook page, Out of Bounds with Dylan James. You can email us comments uh, about the games or what you, some story you want us to talk about on the show. Dylan at OutofBoundsPodcast.com. JT, what is your so- social media handle, sir? You can reach me on Twitter at JTSocka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can email me, email me at JT at com, And you can reach out to me on my personal sports blog. It's www.jtthesportsguy.com. Kerry Joe, what is your social media handle? You can reach me at Twitter at, at CJoe Davis. Yes, CJOE Davis. Trust me, you aren't missing much. I don't tweet as much as I should, <laughs> but this might give me um, incentive to tweet more. There you, you go. You can also add me on Snapchat. Carrie Joe Davis, C A R Y J O E D A V I S, all lowercase, all one word. Booming. It's a good Snapchat, too. So you need to add him for that. Um, and you can also follow me on Twitter. It's Dylan underscore James or Facebook Dylan James or my Snapchat, I think, is something. Chicken James. Um, Chicken James. I think it's Dylan James FL, I think, or something. I'll, I'll figure out my Snapchat for next week. I'll put it on here. Anyway. Thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. We look forward to doing this once again next week, and hopefully the Titans win. So have a good weekend. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards of the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? I'm going to get you the ball. Oh, WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.